Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The mangled car came to rest, sliding along its passenger side on top of Neo Atlantis's mighty seawall. They'd crash landed somewhere on the north side of Boeotia. Not that it really mattered. The only thing that did matter in this moment was that flight car life preserving technology had come a long way over the last 50 or so years, especially on top end models like this one, where the outside body of the vehicle was now nearly an unidentifiable heap of twisted metal alloy. The passengers inside remained relatively safe, if banged up a little. Using the superhuman strength granted by her cyber arm, Johnny slowly peeled up the damaged driver's side door before climbing out. With a somewhat absent gesture, she reached her hand back down to help Estella up to join her. Standing on the side of the wreck like it were a platform, they waited, headlights from the approaching interceptor washing over the survivors changing bodies to mere silhouettes against the night sky. There were no more words of assurance, no more pretending that this job was anything but a shuttle to this moment. Stepping off the car to drop to the ground with a wince, all of Johnny's focus was on the landing interceptor and the figure that was now stepping out of it. Why'd you do it, huh? If you wanted me, all you needed to do was call! I'd have come running to protect what was mine. Hell, I'd have slapped the head off your shoulders for free. Maybe. It wasn't my intention to settle for collateral damage at first. Truth is, you're right. I could have waited for you to come home. Then I remembered what you and that fishman made me relive. Opened a door I'd locked tight. So this last kill needed to be poetry. It had to be art. It needed to mean something to both of us. Either that, or perhaps I just wanted your full attention. Well, you sure as hell got it now. (laughs) Springing to action, Derby Bell shifted out from the path of the incoming bullet storm, as if she'd seen each of them coming. It wasn't agility that guided her now, even if she had that to spare. No. It was as if she'd been dreaming of this moment, 
as if she'd watched it play out in her head a hundred times before now, enough to know where each bullet might land. Reflexively, urging her adrenal pump to engage only resulted in a pained gasp from Johnny as she was forced to stop the barrage, clutching both gun-laden hands to her chest before stumbling. It was only a moment misstep before gathering herself enough to shake the feeling off. It was, however, enough time that her adversary had closed the distance between them, forcing her to defensively swat away Derby's incoming flurry of overhand kendo-like chops with her cyberarm. In a desperate attempt to change the momentum, the mercenary dropped low, pounding her shoulder into her opponent's stomach to drive both women roughly to the ground. It was the assassin, though, who was first to her feet. With her katana left behind, she extended her hands ahead of her, strained fingers clutching the air as telekinetic energy began to culminate around them like a storm. Before Johnny could react, she was yanked up from the ground, her pistols ripped from her hands before being struck in the face by a force that sure felt a lot like a punch. The strikes continued with the mercenary unable to counter, blow after blow impacting at the will of the psychic. Finally thrusting her arm towards the ground, Derby bounced her prey off the break wall with devastating finality before turning back to retrieve her blade. Stop! Please! This was my idea! If you just stop this, I'll go back with you willingly! You don't get it, do you? Another telekinetic blast threw Estella Morgan roughly against their wrecked escape vehicle giving Johnny a quick, sweeping kick as an exclamation point before stepping over the merc's body. She shook her head at the situation. You really don't remember. Hm. All right, then. Let me explain it to you so that you don't haunt me once we're done here tonight. Over 15 years ago, I accepted a long contract. Over 20 million credits. Half up front to keep me warm at night. Long story short... I was hired to make sure that you'd never get out. That every chance you ever had to spring the lock on your cage would be crushed. You'd become your predecessor, lean into her identity, because you'd be afraid to be anyone else. Hope abandoned. And if you ever actually did get out, well, then you'd have a taste for it. For freedom. They consider the project a failure. I think we both know what that means. That's impossible. The board doesn't have the power. I have. I've set up precautionary measures. My death would be the end of Intercol. They wouldn't dare. Oh, you're not wrong there. You told me yourself, after all. What? Just imagine if you would remake yourself. To any vision you imagined. Gods, that's precious. You actually think you were flawlessly beautiful in your last life? that you were the perfect corporate head-taker? I can only imagine the tweaked memories they filled your own head with. You're an ideal, an abstraction to how that old crone saw herself. That can't be true. My memory is a comprehensive web. There aren't any holes. I remember everything. I remember my life. You really believe that they can remake us like that? That you can buy immortality? You're nothing more than a biography with the juiciest parts left out. Take when you personally hired me for this contract in the first place, for example. If you manage to leave out that little memory, 
and just imagine how deep this pool gets. Imagine what else you don't want you to know about. Derby finished picking her way towards Estella, watching as she clumsily tried to stand, using the car she'd been slammed against to stabilize herself. With a shaking hand, the heiress pulled out the small pistol Johnny had given her, though she found it heavy in her tired grip, until it fell to the ground, a reflection of defeat. Oh, baby, it's going to be fine. You made sure of it yourself. They have another version of you living on the floor above yours, after all. Living the same, meaningless life you have in her own control group. Maybe a couple of years behind you, but I was never her guardian angel. (laughs) I was yours. And now it's time to reap what's been sown. You talk too much. Sloppy. She'd pay for it too, as Johnny drove her augmented fist into Derby's side. If it wasn't for the battle suit that protected Belle's body, Johnny knew she'd have felt ribs shatter on that hit. Intent on pressing her advantage, she followed the blow with a haymaker that clearly left Derby staggered and off balance before ending the flurry by putting a knee into her stomach. That one pitched the assassin forward to land hard on the palms of her hands, out of breath. Now was the time to finish this. With a flourish, the merc tucked her hand under Derby's chin and felt the click of her wrist holster. She'd expected to see her spare pistol pop up into her waiting hand to finish the job off. This, of course, was impossible, as she realized all too late that her spare was the very gun Estella had let fall to the ground moments before. Just like that, the tides would turn as Derby found her feet in a near instant, administering a quick but devastating knife-hand chop to the would-be victor's throat. Derby didn't dare take time to toy with her prey, not after that near-fatal mistake. That had been far too close, and it was more than apparent that her retirement had taken a toll on her instincts. To have allowed a clumsy merc like Johnny to sneak up on her would have been unthinkable to the Derby Bell of yesterday. Better to finish the both of them off and pay out this final contract that had been her last tether to this life. Holy shit! We actually just killed Derby Bell. <laughs> Who will never amount to shit now, Derby, huh? <laughs> oh, did you see your face? So good! That was like six years overdue for sure. <sighs> Plus, we totally just saved the day. Right? Hey, Johnny, uh, I know you told us to lose your number and everything, so I hope you don't mind that we sort of followed you. (laughs) Uh. I sewed a tracker into your coat, like, two years ago? I mean, it paid off, right? Also, Evan... Don't look now, but I'm pretty sure Derby's still hanging onto the bumper. A tracker? T-R-A-C-K-E-R? One second. Ew. You're right. I hate when they cling on. I mean, I totally have never run anyone over before. (laughs) Like, can you just give it up already, Derby? We get it. You're the bad guy. Just hold on. Let me shake her off. How's that? The question was met with a combat knife <laughs> embedding itself into the hood of the cab. 
Using it as an anchor point, the battered assassin pulled herself up onto the hood of the car. With one eye swollen shut and a split lip, Derby stared at her former lackeys with contempt as Evan gave a quick second shake of the car that more realistically served to annoy the unwanted passenger than pose any threat of dislodging her. Is it just me or is this basically exactly like the story we just told earlier? The one about Johnny all bloody and splattered on your hood? And what did we learn from that story, Ella? (laughs) Do you want me to say it? Fine, I promise not to open the door for this one. Are you happy, Evan? Very. Hey, Johnny, if I come back around, do you think you can pick her off? She's vibing me in the worst way right now. Oh, you're damn right, Anka. Great. Swinging around now. And, Johnny, we really are sorry. No! Evan! Evan! The lunge came from a reserve of power even Derby Bell hadn't expected of herself. Powered by resentment and hate, she gripped the hilt of her katana, all the while keeping eye contact with the man behind the wheel as the blade passed through his stomach as well as the seat behind him. A blank look of surprise was all that met her gaze in return as the color quickly began to drain from his already pale complexion. Derby tumbled from the hood as Johnny watched it all, too far away to be able to do anything. She could only lower her head as both the assassin and the cab fell from the sky, down to the waves below. Johnny? Johnny, do you read me? Johnny here! Reading you loud and clear. Oh, I thought you were goners for sure, you you stupid idiot! It's damn good to hear your voice. Just, uh, just just stay put where you are. I'm coming to get you. Is Evan? (coughs) Evan is in need of medical assistance. You... Shut up, Evan. Just don't talk, okay? You did great. Johnny, you can't be here. They're for sure gonna send backup, right? We'll be... We'll be okay. The cab's distress signal surprisingly still works. Nonsense, I'm coming to get... Just trust us. We won't fuck up again. Let us be mercs. We knew the risks, right? I mean, that's what these cool tattoos are all about. All right, all right, you just keep them together, Ella. We'll we'll talk soon, okay? Aye, aye, Captain. Hey, Stella, it's time to go. Hmm, I've never hotwired an interceptor before, but now's as good a time as ever to learn, I suppose. It was all a lie. I should never have left. I'm going to say this once and only once. Whatever that goddamned parasite told you about yourself was bullshit. There's nothing that she knows that you can't make a liar of her about. Her's her wagging on about more copies of that corporate hag being back there at Intracol. Means piss all. You get where you're supposed to go and you make all of them pay for what they did. You've got all the memories of a tycoon in that head of yours. One that never quit. 
claim your spot. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm Estella Morgan, and not Estella Morgan. They don't know what they've done, but they will. That's the spirit. Now, come on. We've got some people you need to meet. Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Travis Story as Evan, Madeline Darrow as Ella, Forenza as Derby Bell, Veronica Pierce as Estella Morgan. Narration by Dan Bowd and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damien Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported, no sponsors or ads, so if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by cybernauticapod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was gone. People will believe anything. So, what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe. I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father! You're completely insane. Did someone hit you? Leave me alone! What's going on? I'm going to find my father. Strange Air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.